For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Rangers, a New York Rangers podcast presented by Blue York on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, and I'm joined by my good friend, Cody Frankel, as always. We got a lot to talk about this week. We got Henrik Knight. We got one more Ranger game before the Olympic break, and uh, we got to talk about the game against the Kraken, the Kings, and just a wild week in general. I mean, that bad loss to the Blue Jackets also, but I think we should start with Hank Knight, Cody. I mean, you were there. Um, we know my situation. I got fucked over with tickets, but um, you know I had to watch on my couch. But how was the atmosphere, man? It looked incredible. Yeah, the atmosphere was, you know, game seven atmosphere. It was absolutely incredible. I mean, the fans were buzzing the entire night. Obviously, from from the second hand came out, I mean, there was Henry Chance at full volume. It was awesome. Uh, it was really really cool to see, and uh, I'm definitely really happy I was able to get there. I know the tickets were really going for a hefty chunk of change. So I did hear from some other friends there at the game that it was really hard to hear the speakers. It was hard to hear Hank talk and hard to hear Sam Rosen. The only person that was like clear, I guess, was Kevin Weeks. Was that true? Yes. Uh, it, it was for, from my end, it was very disrespectful. Uh, there were certain fans that were, you know, trying to, trying to be funny every time. Yeah. Hank was pausing, you know how you do in speeches, right? So he's mm -hmm. pausing and getting emotional and everybody else is getting emotional too. And, you know, you had fans chirping, like trying to, trying to be funny, like you're so handsome and things. And listen, I get it. The guy is an absolute rocket, but mm -hmm. um, you know, in, in those, in those types of situations, you got to let him speak. It was hard. I was luckily able to hear the whole thing because I was center ice. So it was really nice. But I can definitely see how people who were on the other side of the arena uh -huh. probably, probably didn't hear a thing during his speech. It's kind of funny. I was actually thinking about uh, Messier night. I wasn't there. I just remember watching on yeah. TV as a kid. And Messier obviously is known for his like crying. He always cries when he talks and stuff <laughs> like that. And I remember during his speech, like he said, uh, you know, I apologize in case there's some tears, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And the second he started crying, someone from the crowd screamed like, there it is. And Messier started cracking up and the whole building started cracking up. It was awesome. I mean, just have you been to any retirement nights? I went to Leech night and Graves night. So I just want to know, like in comparison to other retirement ceremonies, what you thought about it. Yeah. So it was awesome. I did go to Leech night, which was also really great, but mm -hmm. you know, we were younger, so it was, it was very different. Uh, experiencing something full grown and really getting to take in the entire experience. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, you know, I had so many people asking me like, Oh, why don't you sell the tickets and you can make $1,500 and stuff like that. And I would, I refused. I mean, it was, it's something that you're going to kind of remember forever. And it was such a memorable night. I, I mean, I, I was getting emotional just hearing the Henry chance. It was, mm -hmm. 
it was unbelievable. And, you know, it, it, it's something that you miss. And, and he, he came out there and was the first thing he said was like, I miss you guys. And then yeah, everybody awesome. just from, yeah. from there, it just, you know, it just, everything took form. It was great. Well, he never got the proper send off. That was like the issue. And, and I think, yeah, cause they, this was, out. it was treated so differently. It wasn't yeah. like a typical, it didn't feel like a typical Jersey retirement because we never really got that chance to like give Henrik the kind of farewell he deserved. Like, you know, he should have been one of those guys who had that like farewell final tour, you know, announced it was his last year. Like that yeah. really should have been the proper way. But then again, too, like I, I thought as far as a ceremony goes, it felt different from the past ones because I feel like more teammates and players spoke at like prior ceremonies. You know, I feel like when I was at Leech Night and Graves Night, you know, the entire 94 team came out. I know Henrik never won a cup, so there's no cup team. Yeah. But I thought like Callahan and Girardi and all those guys would like, you know, be down there on the ice, maybe speak. Cause I would yeah, love so, to hear more stories from his teammates, you know? Yeah, for sure. And so pretty much what they said was uh, obviously a couple, uh, they, they would have loved to get everybody whose number was retired out there, but obviously a couple people have passed on and then a few people couldn't make it. And mm -hmm. then, uh, essentially former Rangers the entire night, they were showing clips. I mean, they even showed like yeah. clips of like Ovi and Crosby and they were getting booed. It was great. That was awesome. Um, yeah. But, uh, Girardi and Callahan were both there and they were slugging beers in the, in the chase bridge. Uh, so, so after the ceremony, Hank went up and sat with them and all his friends and, and former Rangers the, mm -hmm. the rest of the night. But yeah, yeah. It was a little interesting that they only had the four. I mean, to me, and, and I'm sure to you as well, like those are the four OGs. Those are the four guys yeah. we wanted to see because they're the ones who we grew up watching. So mm -hmm. it was it was definitely cool in that regard, um, you know, and then obviously I wish the boys could have came out buzzing yeah. and, and got the win there. For the first period was unreal. It was like that. That was like the most complete first period I've ever seen them play this year. And then the second and third, they just, you know, got kind of flat until the last five minutes of the game. And at that point, it was too late. I mean, that's how it's been this week. The last three games, they've had two nothing leads in all three games and blew them. I mean, luckily, you know, yesterday yeah. against the Kraken, they were able to find one late in the game, but I don't know what's going on with them. And, um, you know, I do want to kind of talk about, I guess, just having, you know, Kako, Heedle, Fox, all these guys out right now, how much it's affecting the lineup. I mean, I've noticed it too with Foxy, especially, and it's really easy to notice when a good defenseman's not in the lineup because yeah. defensemen drive the play, right? Like that's how the puck gets broke, broken out of the zone. And, you know, the guys who kind of keep the offense alive in the zone. And Foxy for me is one of those guys who's always so good at keeping the puck in on the blue line, knows exactly when to step up and pinch. And it's been really noticeable that the Rangers haven't really been breaking the puck out as clean. I mean, today or yesterday against the Kraken, they barely even had the puck in possession over the blue line. Like they, they had such a hard time generating offense because they couldn't carry the puck over the blue line. Yeah. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. I mean, it's so noticeable when Fox isn't out there. I mean, the guy's our power play captain. Uh, he's our quarterback. Luckily, Truba had a lot of experience in Winnipeg. Yeah. So he's done a really good job picking up the slack in terms of the power play. And our power play hasn't really suffered while Fox no. is gone. But without Fox outside of the power play, it's been so noticeable because those plays where teams are you know, forcing high, high danger shots and, and you know, neutral zone turnovers – uh, where normally Fox would be there and, you know, can stop something. It's just like going right through these guys and they're, they're kind of dancing around us. And as you said, I mean, the Kraken absolutely dominated us yesterday. I mean, we got really lucky that mm -hmm. Keandre had that absolute beauty at the end of the game uh, because they, Hey, they outshot us immensely and they pretty much surpassed us in every statistic outside of face-offs. I think face-offs are the only thing we actually did well. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I, I mean, in same thing in the Columbus game, right? So like yeah. in the Columbus game, I mean, it was the same thing. It's so noticeable without him. And it's just, it's just really tough. Uh, in the Kings game, I mean, you saw, if you want to, you want to kick back to that a little bit. Yeah. You saw, I didn't you watch, saw, I didn't watch the Kings game, honestly. I had a men's okay. game, so I missed it. Okay. So, so pretty much a, a quick recap of that is same, same huge. They, they played a sloppy first two periods. Um, but they really picked it up in the third and stole that win. Uh, Igor stole the win for us again. He was very, very good. And it was a vintage, vintage matchup of Igor versus Quick. And so many people forgot how good Quick is. The mm. guy was fantastic the entire night. He was robbing shots left and right. And it was, it, it just shows you this guy's still in vintage form at 36 years old. I mean, he's been in the league so long, but people forget how good he still is. He's just been on some really bad Kings teams lately, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a good game to watch. Actually. I, I didn't mind it that much uh, compared to some previous games we played. And then in OT, nobody scored. And then we had a shootout and Panarin had an absolute beauty. He might've touched the puck like a hundred times on his penalty shot on, mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, on his uh, shootout goal. It mm-hmm. was awesome. Laugh at a nice Fo- one too. Yeah. So that's what I was going to get to last. So Fox had obviously the the winner and that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. But what I really enjoyed was, you know, they, the Kings put out Byfield to take that shot with the game on the line. He scored and was kind of doing like a shrug, whatever. So then Gallant countered and put out Laffy. And it was really cool moment to see, because obviously he hasn't been, you know, performing as much as people would like, but with the game on the line, the guy delivered he threw up a little finger wag, which I thought I don't was- think that was the one. Everyone was thinking that was like know. him holding the one yeah. up. Yeah. They were just know. pointing it, at the bench, like firing uh, yeah, him up. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I agree with you on that. It was definitely a little subtle. Like it wasn't mm. like a yeah. raise to the roof, but um, but if he did do that, it was a little petty, but I, I, I was there for it for sure. And then uh so I enjoyed that. And then I don't even know where to get started against the blue jackets. Um Schneider rules, he was making some really good plays. He's he's looking like a good vet. Same with Zach Jones. He's playing yeah. really, really well. Uh, Georgiev rant. I mean, this guy, I want him done. I'm over him. I think he stinks out loud. He's a crybaby. Uh, when he doesn't get his way, he just yells at everyone. Like, doesn't help any anyone on the team, in my opinion. And uh, that site I always tell you about, CSA Hockey, mm-hmm. posted those analytics afterwards. And our expected goals against Columbus was 4.86. The Blue Jackets was 1.65. And we lost that game five to three. Mm-hmm. So I understand, you know, the defense wasn't playing that great and people can allude to that and so on. But Georgiev, you know, when, when a goalie is starting that game and allowing four goals in the first 10 shots, it's almost impossible for a team to come back from that when they're already trailing so big. So it's like, it's something tough in that situation. I, you know, it's just not a good look. I'm ready for him to, I'm ready to fire him off on a one-way ticket to the sun um, just, just trade them and be done with it. I mean, you know, get, get a pick or, or get a player. Um, I understand he has his flashes of brilliance and, you know, he's just too inconsistent and it's too brutal for my liking. And I'm just, just over it. I'm just over it. Yeah. I mean, a big thing you mentioned too, is the body language, right? Like how, I think he threw up his arms like two or three times yeah. after he let in a goal. Like screamed at people. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, that's something that you just don't want in a locker room. And, and listen, I'm not going to rip your give apart. I mean, he, he's obviously not been very good and very reliable this year, but it's a really hard job, especially when Igor is playing so well. There's a lot of pressure on him to do, you know, yeah. not not just as well, but, you know, find ways to win. And that's something that I wanted to bring up, too. I mean, I know the Rangers haven't been 
playing all that great as of late, but they are continuing to find find ways to win. And dude, yeah. I, I fucking oh my god, I jinxed them so bad with that tweet the other night. I, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I, dude, yeah, I, yeah. I think it was Hank night. I tweeted like the Rangers are twelve zero and one, yep. one tied after two, and then of course. You know, yeah, but you know what you know what like you said i mean they're still being a resilient team they're finding these ways to beat bad teams outside of columbus um you know they beat the kraken they found a way to beat the kings and the kings are a sneaky good team the yeah, kings are. are a sneaky good team and they could be in the hunt towards the end of the year for sure so you know they're finding these ways they're not playing the prettiest games but again they're missing some important key players obviously fox uh you're noticing without kako i mean i'm not a heat fan but like you're noticing it with him too. You have this fourth line AHL line in there. It's just not getting the job done. I mean, you know, our third line right now is literally our full fourth line. So, so it's tough in those situations. And uh, you really like look to the team to find resilient. And you look to those guys we spoke about last week, those five, six guys to really pick up the slack. And that's what they've been doing. And I did want to, I did want to say a tidbit to you uh, back to Columbus. So Panarin is an, if for all you betters out there, this guy is an absolute home run against his former teams. He has seven points in two games against Chicago and eight points in three games against Columbus. What do you think about that? Like, I know I always got fired up when I played like old teams that I played for. Yeah. Um, so just like as a player, you know, that always gives you a little bit of extra motivation, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I, I, I don't really know what the, I don't know if there's anything like more behind it. It's tough yeah. to speak to that. I, I mean, listen, I, I always think it's a safe bet to bet on a play. Like, look at Brett Howden. I think Brett Howden scored both games against the Rangers this year. You know, you just get a little extra fired up to play your former team. So, I mean, yeah, definitely sports betters. I mean, you should talk about your bet that hit yesterday. I mean, that was pretty crazy, <laughs> dude. That was wild. I, I've never, I've never even seen anyone place a bet like that before. Yeah. So I, uh, so I bet some money for it was a five leg parlay, and it was. Mika to score. I just had, you know, he's been really heating up as of yeah, late. He's been on and, fire. and especially against bad teams, he likes to beat up on those teams. And I just had a hunch he was going to be the one to score today. And then I also added in one goal, at least one goal for the Kraken. I knew they would score. I know how good Igor is and the guy's been unreal. But the last three or four games, he's letting one goal every single game. So I was like, yeah, so I know how good Igor's been and the guy has you know, been playing really, really well as of late, but I knew the last few games, three or four games, I think he's let in one goal each game. So I took the chance on the crack in uh, the main reason I did that was I told you before they won the last four or six games. So they've been a little hot as of late and they've been scoring some goals. Mm-hmm. So I figured that would be one. And then it was also uh, for the Rangers to score in the first period. We've done that quite, quite often this year. And then the other two was Rangers money line for them to win. And then the last one was over 3.5 goals. So that was the one I was sweating to you yeah. about because it was two to one until the very end of the game. And mm-hmm. then cracking tied it. And I was like, okay, I hit that, but now the Rangers need to win. And then Keandre hit that beauty from the point. Yeah. That was a nice shot. And, and the Kraken just like stopped playing. because I thought there was gonna be a penalty called. And, I know. I know. Just like walked right into it. Um, I do want to change gears a little bit though, and talk yeah. about, I know there was obviously a lot of controversy. I want to go back to Hank Knight a little bit. But about yeah. that tying goal with one second left, I mean, listen, I, I know there's a lot of fans throwing beers and all that stuff. And obviously, like, you know, I'm not a fan of that. Although when the Islander fans were throwing beers on the ice after the Beauvillier goal, I thought that was kind of cool because it was like a celebration of beer throwing. It wasn't like a yeah. you know, anger. But man, like being in the building for that. I mean, listen, when I watched it at home, I was like, that's got to be a good goal. Even Joe and Sam were saying it on the on the call. But, yeah. you know, obviously the rule is pretty obvious that a player can't push a goalie into the net or, you know, right. can't use a stick to push a goalie, but it just looks so weak and so soft to me. I mean, listen, I understand why that is a rule, but like, man, how, how crazy was the building going after that? 
Yeah. So at the time of the goal, me or the non-goal, me and my buddies were jumping up and down. Like the, like every, the entire garden was going absolutely nuts. Like uh-huh. people were just throwing beers in the air because they yeah. thought they thought we scored. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they showed the replay and we all thought it was a goal too, because listen, like you said, the goalie interference, you know, it's pretty obvious, but at the same time, I think the goalie needs to start giving the player something. So Calvin just sat there like a dead fish on the yeah. puck. <laughs> yeah. And when there's 10 seconds left in a game and the goalie doesn't have possession of the puck, but his pad is on the puck and he's just, he's just sitting there and not making any attempt to even try and grab it. Obviously the players are going to try and move his pad and, and push push the puck in the net and poke check and do whatever they need to do. And that's ex- exactly what Strom did. And I don't fault him for that at all. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it, it sucks because I think they made the right call. Uh, at the time I was super, super pissed. I think I like got home and probably looked at the ceiling for like 30 minutes and just yeah, pure dude, I anger. Was I was um, so pissed. <laughs> yeah. And, and the whole garden was pissed too. Obviously, as you saw, I, I don't condone, throwing beers and, and all that stuff on the ice, especially because you can hit people. I mean, yeah. I was center ice, so I was right behind the benches. So I saw a couple, the wild players were shielding their heads, like a couple mm-hmm. like sodas and beers were hitting them. And that's not cool, obviously. But at the same time, I understand the frustration of the fans. And, you know, they, they weren't happy with the refs. The refs were calling a horrible game all night. There was an earlier call in the friendly air. Uh, I think he got called for tripping it was or, or, or something along those lines. And it was, it was absolute BS. And then that led to the Zook goal that tied it up. So, yeah. you know, there were, there were bad calls all night. Uh, shout out to you, number two ref. No, I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was kind of a heat of the moment thing and people definitely showed their emotions. Uh, I think they got the right call uh, looking at it the next day when, yeah. you know, cool, cooler heads prevail, but mm. it is what it is. I mean, we, we, we bounced back yesterday against the Kraken and got the win. Uh, so can't, can't be too mad. It was so fucking funny though the amount of tweets that were like you know typical of the Rangers on Hank Night to have it get you know blown by a, a missed goal interference call like it was so yeah. it was so funny so spot on like I was well, I was cracking up at that. Yeah, I mean I saw a couple of tweets throughout the day saying anytime there is a ceremony for a player, it's an automatic mm-hmm. lock for that home team to lose. Like yeah. every single time, like the Bruins got blown out on Ori night, and and if you look at some stats, I think there was like like there's a good amount of the home team always loses. Uh-huh. And yeah. So, I mean, I was like, eh. I think I saw that the, the Rangers have only won twice on uh Jersey or retirement nights. And yeah. I don't know, I don't know the exact number of how many there are, but that's definitely not good. And it's, it's funny. One of my friends wrote like in our like little sports betting group chat that the stars and the Rangers were a lock, the parlay. And I was like, dude, that's, Oh that's my tough. goodness. That's Cause, cause the stars retired former Ranger, uh, Sergey Zubov's number. The same night, which is really cool. Zubab was a fucking legend for the, I mean, for the Rangers, he was incredible too. <laughs> I, I remember, uh, so I read Mark Messier's book and he talked, he touched upon it a little bit. And uh-huh. I think it was at the time, I don't remember the exact year, but I, uh, I remember when, when they traded him and I remember I read a tidbit from Messier's book and he was like, it was very, very looked down upon at the time. It was Peter Nedved and Ulf oh, Samuelson and Ulf Luke, Luke Robitaille. Robitaille. Yeah, that's who it was. That's yeah. a pretty solid and, trade, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> I, would, yeah. I, I think that's a good trade. Good. Yeah, yeah. Robotai was good. It was just it was just Zubov that year. Uh, I think it was ninety five, like right after they won the cup, maybe. Yeah. Um, that year they won. Uh, Zubov was the leading scorer, so yeah. he was he was leading the team, and then they moved him. And you know, after you win a cup, you kind of expect to keep your star players and not blow things up right away. Mm-hmm. So I think it was. I, I remember reading Messi's book. He was like, it was it was looked down upon at the time, but. They wanted to like make a change because I, I don't know if the team was doing too hot or what it was, but uh, 
but yeah, that is pretty cool that he got uh, retired on the same night. And, you know, that's pretty cool for Dallas fans as well. Yeah, I think they were saying he had like 89 points in 1994, um, which led the team. Yeah, and that's probably the, last, probably the last time. I guess uh, Fox, did Foxy lead the team last year in points? I don't know if he did or not. Fox, um, it would have been Panarin, but Panarin, it wasn't Panarin because he only played 42 games. He had uh -huh. 58 points. Panarin, Panarin had 58 points. And yeah, so it was Panarin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so Panarin. Okay, so yeah, so, so Panarin led, and then Fox had Fox had like fifty two or fifty. Fox had forty seven in five okay. games, and okay. I'm, well, Zubov leading the team in points that year was probably the last time a defenseman's led the Rangers in points. Yeah, yeah, either that or or well, Leach, Leach probably. I don't know if Leach ever led any years though. I don't. He might. He might have not. I mean, that's a stat we might have to ask around. Might have to tweet that one yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Um, but no, yeah, I actually had a Peter Nedved jersey when I was younger. I loved Nedved. Oh my god, jersey. that's awesome. He had great style. Uh, so I did want to ask you something. So yeah. are you team Drury? I mean, I think it's still too early to to tell. You know, I, I think he's done a great job so far. I mean, we're we're in a pretty good spot right now. Um, yeah. You know, it's going to be hard to tell until the trade deadline, maybe, or until this summer, because, you know, it's hard to really come in and make moves before the, like, you know, before your first season's done. And that's how it is with, with almost every job in the NHL. Like think about coaches too, like coaches come in and, you know, their systems obviously take a little time to get used to for players. So like even Gerard Gallant, we can't even be like a, a harsh critic on this year. I think like, you know, you got to give him a year to settle in and get used to the players and um, have the players get used to him, right? Like it's a new mm -hmm. voice and it's hard to, to get accustomed to a new leader right away. So you know, that being said, I think both of them have done a great job. And for, as far as the summer goes, obviously, you know, Drew didn't do the best job last summer with right. our acquisitions, but they have looked good so far. And you got to remember, we're still missing Sammy Blay. We haven't had Sammy Blay pretty much the entire right. season, who's been a huge loss. Um, huge loss. So I, I think he'll make a move at the deadline. I mean, there's no reason not to. And, uh, you know, I think we can judge him a little more harsh after the deadline. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think I actually, I actually think I agree with your take. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, so, it's so hard, right? Like it's, it's not. Yeah. So, so Gallant, listen, I like him too. I mean, he definitely makes some questionable lineup choices from time to time, but listen, we're, we have, do we have 29 wins now or 30 wins? We're, we're one of them, but uh, you know, I mean, we're doing better than we have the last three, four years under this guy. I, I appreciate what he's doing and he's holding players accountable. And I really like that. Um, in terms of Drury, it's funny because all of my friends and, and fellow Ranger fans, I feel like have picked a side. So some are so loyal to Gorton and they're just like Gorton or die. Whereas uh, I think for me also contingent on kind of what happens at the trade deadline and then, you know, giving him the full year in the off season is, is a better time to really look, sit back and look at how this guy has done. But I do think Gorton was a great GM, especially yeah. in terms oh, yeah. of trades. Uh, obviously aside from the Eric Saul trade, which didn't work out and the McDonough trade and JT Miller trade obviously are, you know, biting us in the butt now. But, um, the one thing that concerned me about Gordon was the forwards he drafted and their ability to kind of develop. I mean, I won't count Lafreniere and Kako obviously, cause it's still too early. Uh, but like you look at Lee Anderson, right. You look at Heedle. uh, you look at Kravtsov. I mean, I know Kravtsov super, super talented, but at the same time, he twice didn't make the roster and got sent back. And then, you know, prior to everything happening. So it just, that was the one thing I was concerned about with Gorton is like really developing his forwards and, and so on. So I'm curious to really see how Lafreniere and Kako turn out. I mean, obviously I know Heedle's still super young as well. Um, but I do think they're probably going to deal him at some point in this offseason yeah. or at the trade deadline. 
Uh, but Drury so far, I mean, listen, that Othman pick is looking really, really good. The guy's looking like a stud in the OHL. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's second right now in goals in the OHL. I think he has 29 goals, which is, is crazy. Um, so he's doing really good. And, and, uh, yeah, I agree with you. And I think I'm both, I think, um, you know, I'm happy with Gallant and I think I'm happy with Drury for now. Uh, obviously the Tenorti trade, uh, the Tenorti signing and the Nemeth signing are a little, a little weak in my opinion. I, I don't know why we did either, but I, I understood wanting to like get Niels to develop under Nemeth and so on. I just don't get the three years. I don't think that was necessary, mm-hmm. but, uh, some of the other moves, I mean, I love the Gaudreau move. I mean, people were complaining about this guy for the 3.6 in the term. He's, I think he's great. I'm, well, he's I'm also exceeded fan. expectations. He's yeah. had a career, he's had a career yeah. high already in goals. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's January, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but you, I'm, you can I'm also just fan. tell, yeah, you can just tell he's like, you know, a very positive guy in the room and just has a, a, a good, um, you know, influence on the guys just in general, you know, not even in, in his play. And I think that's yeah. been a big thing too, right? Like Chris Drew wanted to come in and make a culture. Um, and that's exactly what he's done. I mean, this team just genuinely loves each other. It looks like, and, and that's like the most encouraging thing, right? Because, nothing is going to translate to the ice if it doesn't happen off the ice. So that's like the biggest thing I think that's happened. And, um, you know, that's, that's where I think Drew is great too. Like as a former player, former Ranger, like someone who grew up as a Ranger fan, you know, that's why I think I'm, I'm very into him as the GM and and why I think he's going to succeed. And then again, too, like, I I do think obviously as New Yorkers, we're a little, you know, biased and a little, uh, you know, I'm struggling to find the word here, but we expect a lot from our sports teams and, Right now, like we have to come with ter- to come to terms that you know the Rangers as good of a year they're having right now they're not really in the window to win. I, I mean, I, I think the window kind of opens up, you know, next year, a year from then, even the playoff window is this year. Yeah, and next year is supposed to be the actual actual window. Yeah. But uh, just just to jump in with what you were saying, it's kind of funny because everybody's talking about the window and so on, and it's like I feel each each day that passes, our window is getting shorter and shorter because we have less and less cap room. So like mm-hmm. next year, we, you know, we have all this deadline cap this year, as we've talked about, but next year we have not that much money to, to sign, you know, Kako, Strom, uh, re-sign Blay if we, if we want him back. And then like Gautier, I think is of RFA and a backup goaltender for maybe like $11 million or something mm-hmm. like that. Not, not a lot of money. Um, and then in addition to that, I mean, we can't really get unless we move money out. Like we can't really get someone new in to kind of, so like, we're rolling with what we got right yeah. now. Like we're, yeah. we're rolling outside of the, what we make at the deadline. And if we could work something out, we're literally rolling with this team. And this is going to be, you know, the team that either takes us there or doesn't. And I agree with you. I think Drury's done a really good job putting it together. Um, the team is right now, obviously a little, a little short on the right wing, but uh, you, you never know, like maybe Othman or, or that guy, Will Coyley, maybe, maybe he can come up like next year at some point. Uh, they're both looking really, really good right now. So you never know. And, and uh, I agree with you. I also wanted to bring up with you. Did you see Larry Brooks article from earlier in the week about Laffy, the Rangers doing something crazy and potentially moving him to the Canucks in a mega deal? Did you, did you read anything? I, I about did. That? I saw it. I didn't read it. Um, if you can like reiterate it to me really. Yeah. Quick. Oh my gosh. So all right, so the Canucks now have uh, Lafreniere's former agent as their assistant GM, uh, Emily Castangue, and congrats to her. That's awesome. I saw that. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. It's great, great news, obviously, you know, in the sport of hockey. And uh, basically he was saying 
we're interested in a lot of different Canucks forwards, right? We're interested in JT Miller. We're interested in Elias Pettersson. We're interested in Bo Horvat, Connor Garland. There's a whole bunch of them. So he was basically saying, you know, most of these guys will be for sale, except for probably Pedersen's not getting moved. And I would be very surprised if Horvat gets moved as well. Mm-hmm. So he was saying Lafreniere ultimately needs to be on the left wing. And here he's only going to succeed and get in the top six if he obviously moves up to the first or second line, uh, which we've seen, or like we'll move Kreider to the right, or you know, some somebody is going to be on their unnatural side. So he was suggesting maybe Lafreniere would be a better fit on another team, which is possible. I mean, he could be a better fit elsewhere. Uh, So it's definitely something to ponder, but he was saying that he wonders if the Canucks are going to inquire about Lafreniere in in some type of mega deal for, you know, I don't know if it's JT Miller and Connor Garland or one of them or Bo Horvat or something like that, but kind of wanted to get your take on that. It's tough. It's It's, it's, it's a really hard thing too, because you know, obviously there are people like I, there's so many Ranger fans who are like disappointed with Lafreniere already. And I'm like, this kid's 19 or 20 years. Old. I don't think he's 20. Yeah. yet. I think he's 19. No. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't even had a full season in the NHL. This is his first real full season. So, you know, these things always take time and, and look at a guy like Jack Hughes. Like, yeah, I think we talked about it, uh, you know, previously, but sure. Yeah. Hughes had a great year. He's an all-star, but his first year wasn't so great. He, he looked horrible nope. in his first season. So, um, you know, these things take time. Everyone has their own way of development and you know it's it's it definitely is easier to grow as a player after you have that full year under your belt um in a normal season as well and you know who's to say Lafreniere doesn't come back next year and and be more comfortable and be more confident like I think he needs time to to struggle honestly and and just learn and, and grow and you know understand his body and you know, next year, I think he'll come back much stronger. He's not even a grown man. So like, it's hard for him to win battles and, you know, really outmuscle some of these guys who are just like specimen. Um, right. Right. So I, I mean, listen to, to trade him and talk about trading him right now, I think is a little ridiculous, especially for a guy like, you know, J- sure. JT Miller's having a great year, but is he the guy that's going to help us win the Stanley cup? I don't, I don't think so. You know, Garland's great too. And, and listen, it'd be great to have those guys on the team, but to get rid of Lafreniere in the, in the first year or two of his career, I think would be a stupid move. I mean, listen, how, how many teams would, would kill to have a number one overall draft pick? Like we're just going to get a rid lot. of ours after two years. Yeah. Like, I, I think it'd be not necessarily a stupid move, but I know earlier in the year that Larry Brooks was talking about a possible deal for like Patrick Kane. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know? So I, I think he's just trying to stir the pot a little bit maybe and, yeah. and get some clicks. I don't know, but clicking Larry. No. Um. The, the thing I would say is like, if we're talking about, Pedersen, I think I would be like, yeah. I mean, yeah, Pedersen's right. sure. unreal. Like, yeah, so, he's so yeah. good. He's so right. good. So I'd be like, okay, let's let's get this done. I mean, Pedersen, though, is locked up long-term, and I think it's for like 7.35. So we're not mm-hmm. getting that guy unless we move Lafreniere and then somebody else with big term, like Truba or something like that. So yeah. it would it would be a lot of maneuvering in that regard. And I agree with you. Listen, he's, he's very young. Guy, as you said, isn't even full grown yet. I don't even know if I was going to the gym at 19 years old. So <laughs> like, th- like this guy is, you know, I mean, I-, I think we definitely need to give him some more time and-, and hope he turns into that bona fide superstar that everybody has, you know, been hoping. And the guy was, I, I think the one thing about him is he just needs to find more confidence yeah. and, and use his body and-, and be a little more aggressive on the four check. And I think if he does that, I mean, he's starting to shoot the puck. So like, I think if he does that, he could really start forming into, into a really, really good player. And then, yeah, as you said with Jack Hughes, I mean, he'll, he'll develop and then, and then we'll see how it is. But I agree with you unless, unless we're moving him for like someone like a top dog, I, th- I think we got to hold on to this guy. 
and he's not necessarily like playing bad. It's not like right. he, he's not right. like he's like making mistakes. He's just not being like noticeable every shift, which is like totally yeah, it's not I, an I, easy thing to do. He's also been buried on the third line for yeah. like half the season. So it's like, what do you expect? I mean, you're giving the guy freaking Gautier and and you know, uh Heedle. So it's like give him Mika and give him Kreider for 10 games and, and see what he does. I mean, he scored today, he looked really good. So yeah, yeah, I agree. I think his goal, uh, you know, obviously it was like a little tuck in, but um, you know, that's all you need sometimes to just get you going. Like we saw Kako earlier this year. Like I don't think he had a goal in his first like, 15 games yeah. and, then he, and yeah. then he scored like back to back. So, um, yep. you know, it's obviously uh, a tough thing when you're inconsistent, but um, you know, anything to get his confidence up obviously is, is good for him. And I, I like watching him play. He's so smooth out there. I think he's such a smart player and um, you know, I'm excited to see what he does throughout his career. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But, um, you know, I don't really have much else to cover as far as the Rangers go. I know there's one game this week um, and then we go on that like two week break and the Rangers don't play till February 15th. The one game this week is at home Tuesday night, seven o'clock puck trap against the Florida Panthers. I know you're going. I'm hoping to be in attendance. Um, so if I am there, I'll definitely, uh, you know, try to come find you and maybe like tweet out if anyone listens to come find us. And do you want to talk about what we want to do going forward? I was just about to say that. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So first of all, would love to grab a beer on Tuesday. So hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully your tickets are real this time. You know, yeah. we, uh, yeah. <laughs> we lock that in. Uh, yeah. So, so we're kind of looking for a fan segment at the end of our, at the end of our uh, broadcast here. And, you know, we would love to get a fan on each, each week for five to 10 minutes and kind of just shoot the shit with us and talk some Rangers, uh, ask us some questions. So Feel free to DM me, yeah, Twitter, DM Johnny. Yeah. Um, my Twitter is at the CF22. Don't know if any of you guys have it, but definitely uh, shoot me a follow. And you know, happy to interact with you guys. And and uh, we we would love to start getting that going over the next few weeks. Yeah, I mean, we pride ourselves on just being like Ranger fans. We're not experts. We just kind of call it how we see it. But um, you know, we want the show to be more interactive with fans. And we know Ranger fans love to fucking talk. So yep. if you ever want a place, <laughs> if you ever want a place to do it. You guys can, like like Cody said, just shoot us a DM and we'd be happy to have you on a Sunday night. We usually record every Sunday night. So, you know, five, ten minutes, come on, talk about the games, talk about what's going on with the Rangers um, and just give us your opinion. And, uh, you know, we'd love to shoot the shit, whether it's arguing or agreeing. Yeah, so, you can yell. Um, you can yell at you yeah. too. No problem. Yeah. Or you can even yell at, yell at us if you think we're making <laughs> Yeah, you can yell at me for my for my Fox captain take my dad, my dad gave me some uh, shit today. Cause he was like, the second you started saying Fox was going to be captain, he got fucking hurt. Yeah. I was like, shit. Yeah. Definitely not, <laughs> definitely not good. But um, yeah, no, I, I think that's uh, you know, a really fun idea that we're looking to get started. So hopefully we'll do it next week and hope to hear from you guys. So I think that's going to wrap it up for Cody and I this week. And uh, now I'm going to send it over to Alexis Downey to talk about everything else going on around the NHL. So we missed her last week, but we're very happy to welcome back to the show, as always, my friend Alexis Downey, to talk about everything going on in the NHL. And the Canucks made some pretty big news, and I know you had uh, your gambling debut this past week, so I don't know what you want to start with, but uh, you had a very eventful week. It was a really eventful week, and I think, I mean, really all good things besides sort of the gambling, but I uh-huh. mean, it was it was good publicity for me, so... In the end, it worked out. Um, you know, why don't I jump into the gambling first? Honestly, yeah, I would love because to. <laughs> that was that was insane. So I started. Uh, I signed up for points bet and put my first bet down last Monday. Blues money line plus one thirty five. I thought they would win it, and they absolutely embarrassed me seven to one. Lost to Calgary, mm-hmm. and um, I have some friends at Bleacher Report and. 
they did a little thing and put a tweet together on Tuesday and I went viral. Yeah. <laughs> So, For all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yes, unfortunately. But yeah. I found that like the sports betting community is so nice. Everyone mm -hmm. just just so much sympathy from everyone. And um, it made me feel good. Like I walked in the office the next day on Tuesday and everyone's like, don't worry, you'll get them tonight because now I'm going to have two times a week on our new show on stadium and Valley sports. It's called live on the line. It's a new betting show. Mm -hmm. I will have three NHL picks those two days a week. And, um, so it's kind of what I'm getting my reps in on. Um, so I thought I'd try it out Monday to get ready for Tuesday. And obviously that didn't go well. And then Tuesday I was one for three and then Thursday, we got a little bit better and I was two for three. So mm -hmm. we were texting about it the whole time. And <laughs> it, it was just so entertaining. Honestly, the whole thing was, well, that's, I mean, that's like one of the worst things about betting though, is when you place a bet and like right from the hop, there's just no hope. Like, <laughs> I, I think it's so much better to, you know, lose by heartbreak than just like play something that has no chance and, and, and you'll learn and maybe you'll even disagree, but people place bets, obviously to, to win money, but more or so necessarily to like feel emotion for a game. So that's, you know, when you, when you put money down on a game and you don't, don't like have any feeling toward it, because I think, what were they outshot like 44 to 18? I think too, something like that. Yeah, probably. I yeah. didn't even look because it was so bad. Yeah. So you, you'll learn. And, and, you know, like you said, the betting community is a very nice, friendly community. We've all been there and, uh, you know, everyone's there to pick each other up. So, um, you know, hopefully you don't have too many more of those experiences, but you'll definitely have some, some bad beats coming your way at some point. Um, and we're all here for you. So. Hey, thanks. Yeah. yeah. I I'm excited to learn more about this because it's such an area that I, I mean, I've only heard from you and a couple other people on like, what their bets are and everything. So I'm excited to really dive into it and learn more of it. And I know obviously the playoffs is when it's the mm -hmm. most exciting, probably I'm like thinking like, okay, March madness makes me like probably the most nervous out of all the sports. Like that feeling is probably what I'm going to experience then. So I'm like trying to prepare myself for that already. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's no, there's nothing worse than March madness when you just feel so good on Thursday at 1155 with your bracket by 12:45 you just fucking hit your life. Yep. <laughs> An hour later. Yep. That's yeah. So, so uh, well, it it'll be fun and I'm excited like I said. So, we'll have some picks. This week it's changed obviously because uh there's no NHL games after Wednesday, so yeah. it's a little bit of a short week, but why don't we jump into the Canucks too? I mean, that was actually one of my my bets this week, but mm -hmm. they didn't win that one. Anyway, so they hired a female assistant GM in Emily Castengay, and really a terrific thing to see. I was super excited, um, and she's been in this sport for quite a while now. She was a player. She was an agent, Alexi Lafreniere's agent. W what a great move by the Canucks to do to hire her. And I know that she also said in an interview that Vancouver was on her, um, her list of places that she always wanted to end up in some capacity working for them. Um, and it's just such a great thing to see that. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it's been a, a pretty big couple of weeks for women as well, not only in Emily, but I saw recently um, women are now getting paid. Professional women hockey players are getting paid. They usually, you know, a lot of them had to work full-time jobs while also playing pro hockey. So um, you know, I, I think a big focus this year in general and, and as a whole has been a lot of, you know, hockey culture talk and growing the game and spreading it out and, you know, something like this happening for a team in Canada. I, I know obviously, you know, 
Canada is a little more probably advanced hockey wise than we are in the United States, but you know, it won't surprise me in the next year, maybe two or three years to see a, a female GM on an original six team or, or a USA team. Yeah, that would be awesome. And I think such a great thing for the league to create such a more inclusive environment. Like mm-hmm. it's like you just said, hockey culture talk has just been such at the forefront this year. And having something like this is only encouraging the next generation of females or whoever it may be to think that, Hey, I could do this someday as well. And she obviously has the credentials for it too. So I'm excited to see what she does uh, in Vancouver. Yeah. She actually played college hockey too. I saw she played uh, at Niagara. She was the captain. Yes. I saw that too. Um, Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So. So she, she gets that experience too. Yeah, definitely going to be an exciting time for the Canucks. Um, you know, obviously they haven't had the most successful season, so maybe she can step in and, and make a big difference right away. I know there's talks about um, trade deadline rumors with like JT Miller and some other guys that I talked actually about with Cody prior, but, you know, I'm definitely excited to see the move she makes because Vancouver is, I don't know if you've ever been there, but uh, I went to a game there, I think about almost like 10 years ago, and uh, it's a really fun place to watch a game, great city, and, and I definitely love hockey there. So um, obviously want the Vancouver Canucks to be relevant. Well, that's on my list of places to go. I have not been there. Oh, it's awesome. Um, I'd rather go in the summer though. I went in March and it was like, eh. Okay. But everyone says Vancouver and just British Columbia in the summer is like the perfect place. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get up there at some point. So like I said earlier, it's a shortened week because of the NHL All-Star Weekend. And it's kind of exciting that we're already at this point of the season already because I I feel like it's gone so quickly. Um, And it's nice to have kind of a weekend to decompress and watch some elite stars, you know, play, play in the all-star weekend. And it's in Vegas this weekend. So uh, going to be quite the buzz in that town, I'm sure. Uh, Skills competition is on Friday and the all-star game is on Saturday. ESPN has both of them and uh, the all-star game being a little bit earlier in the day. It's at 3 PM. I saw Eastern time Mm -hmm. skills competition being at, I think it's at seven 30 on Friday. So evening game, but I'm excited to see, you know, all of the the talent and the skills competition. That's probably more of what I like to watch. What about you? Uh, I mean, to be completely honest, I'm probably not even going to tune in. Um, I I, I do like the all-star game. I'm not, I'm not opposed to it, but you know, I, I just Saturday I have to work and I won't really be tuned in. And then Friday, I'm actually going to a friend's party. So I don't know if I really want to talk about that on here, but um, like I just I'm just not going to tune in. But yeah. something I look forward to, obviously, is, you know, watching the clips and all the funny content on YouTube and, and Twitter throughout the weekend. Mm-hmm. I'll probably catch up on it on Sunday night. I mean, I, I love obviously when the players are all mic'd up and they kind of, you know, make fun of each other and, and skills competition and whatnot, like throwing on, uh, you know, I remember one year P.K. Subban dressed up as Yarmir Yager and like you know, did like the Yager impersonation. Um, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of that. And especially in a town like Vegas, I'm sure there's going to be some crazy theatrical things before, after, and during. So um, yeah, I'm not going to be tuning in, but I'm, I'm definitely excited to watch and catch up on the highlights. But what are you most excited for? Probably, like I said, the skills yeah. competition. Yeah, that. on Friday. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that it's it's going to be fun to watch. Um, I'll, I'll probably tune in for a bit. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the things that came out today, Sunday, uh, Roman Yossi is heading to the all-star game to replace Nathan McKinnon. And we know that the avalanche have just been unstoppable throughout the month of January mm-hmm. McKinnon being out now, though, I think they said for three games. So tonight, Sunday being that first game, um, he has a facial fracture and a concussion after that hit 
in last week's game against the Bruins. So I'm sure there's some disappointed fans that were going to the all-star game, hoping to see McKinnon, but they get Nazem Kadri and Kale McCarr. So I don't think that they could be too upset. Yeah, no, definitely not. And it's funny that we, uh, I want to rewind back to betting a little bit because Boston last week was like my high risk, high reward pick. Um, the Bruins have been a really good team as of late and you know, they were like plus plus one fifty on the road, which is a lot for them because they're a good team. And Colorado obviously has won at that time. They had won 16 in a row on home ice. Now it's 17 and they're currently playing the Sabres right now. So it should be 18, but, um, I forgot where I was going with this. Uh, why did I bring that up? Oh, the betting emotion. That's an emotion too, that you'll you know find as well. 10 o'clock start. I placed the bet. Bruins are up three to one going into the third. I was like, okay, this should be good. They can close it out. Woke up. Saw the uh, Kale McCarr overtime winner and saw that I lost my bet. So that's another really bad feeling too. When you go to sleep happy thinking you got it covered and you wake up to see that you lost, that's one of the worst feelings. So that's where I was going with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not looking forward to that, but I will say no. the fact that I'm in central time, I kind of get to stay up for those mm -hmm. later games too. Mm -hmm. So that kind of helps me. Mm -hmm. But I know that that is coming and it's coming soon. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe don't bet against Colorado next time. No, I uh, I really thought I beat the system there and, and it threw it right back in my face. So um, I'm not going to be betting on the Colorado Avalanche who have now won, like I said, 17 in a row at home, should be 18 as we're recording. But um, I feel like it hasn't been talked about. Everyone's kind of been talking about the Florida Panthers on home ice this year and, and not many people have brought up Colorado. And I saw the Panthers actually had their uh, highest attendance rate, I think, last night, like 18,000 people. Oh, wow. So it's finally wow. nice to see the Panthers getting some uh, some butts in those seats. Yeah. Hockey in Florida, I feel like is growing. And that's also, I mean, we've talked about that before, how awesome that is to have that sport growing in such a warm state. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's going to be a, a really exciting playoff time in Florida. That's for sure. But that's pretty much all I got this week. I mean, there hasn't really been that much news around the, around the league. So um, I'm sure we're gonna have a lot to catch up about after this all-star break and the Olympic break. I know there's not many games, like you said, up till Wednesday, but then not until like, I think Valentine's day even. So we got quite a bit of a break here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, it's good for the players to get some time to reset and get ready for the next half of the season as well. Mm -hmm. But um, Alexis, as always, I want to thank you for coming on and uh, thanks everyone for listening and, and we'll talk to you next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.